Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming to you as I do every Friday looking to give you some winners for the upcoming NFL Sunday. Our week did not start out great. However, I gave out the Ravens minus seven and a half last night and they lost that game outright to the Miami Dolphins. So if you had the Ravens on a teaser looking to start your week outright, uh, you ended up losing on that one. Uh, These Thursday games are just such an outlier of so many good teams fall victim to these games on Thursday, the short week of rest, you're down in Miami, maybe you got a night off and you're doing some partying. Miami, always a dangerous place uh, to travel to. You see a lot of teams, uh, especially in the NBA, if you ever see a team with a day off in Miami, bet against them because they're definitely going to do some partying out on South Beach. But we're going to move on from a Thursday game. Not too much to unpack there. I'm not as worried about the prospects for the Ravens as much. As I said, it's a short week. Traveling all the way down to Miami, it's never easy for anybody. You've seen Tom Brady fall into that Miami trap a couple of times in his career and still go on to win Super Bowls. So not too worried about the Ravens. I think that game is an outlier. So we're going to start with our Sunday games, and we're going to break right into it with the New Orleans Saints taking on the Tennessee Titans. And I initially really wanted to take the Saints plus three. I thought there was some value there. However, it is now coming out that Alvin Kamara is going to miss this game. So expect this line to move. Titans minus three is probably going to become Titans minus four and a half or even five by game time. Alvin Kamara, the only good skill player the Saints have, and he is going to be out. So the Saints are going to be leaning heavy on that defense to step up big against this Titans team. And this Titans offense is missing Derrick Henry. Yes, they look great on Sunday night against the Rams as a team, but that was mainly because their defense stepped up in a big way, Jeffrey Simmons in particular. This Titans defense played over their heads, and I think the Saints offensive line should hold up better than the Rams did. And this Titans offense did not look great without Derrick Henry, despite that big win against the Rams. They were averaging less than three yards per carry and less than 5.3 yards per pass attempt. We talked about how Derrick Henry is going to affect the passing game as well. Even though he does not catch passes himself, he brings that eighth man up into the box and makes life easier for Ryan Tannehill on the outside. I thought this was going to be a low-scoring game the whole time and really liked the Saints plus three up until that Alvin Kamara news. This news broke as I was getting ready for this podcast. With that news, I'm actually going to change my stance. I'm going to take the Titans minus three in this one, and I like the under before the Alvin Kamara news. I like it even more now. Under 44 is my favorite play for this game. And with that, we move on to the Jaguars taking on the Colts. The Colts, a 10.5 point favorite at home for this one, the over-under 47 and a half and the Jaguars played their best defensive game of the season last week against the Bills of course that Bills offense is quite one-dimensional a glaring weakness at right tackle as well allowed the Jaguars pass rush to get to Josh Allen and you're pretty much pinning your ears back because you know the Bills are not able to run the ball the Colts on the other hand are a well-balanced offense they will be able to run the ball you have Jonathan Taylor back there a fantastic offensive line and I don't think this Jags defense is equipped to take on the much more balanced attack of the Colts. And with all that being said, yes, they played above their heads against the Bills, but if you play that game another 10 times, the Bills are probably going to win eight or nine of them. The Jaguars getting a great performance from their defense, but I don't think it's a sign of things to come. And as I said, even if they did have a similar performance, this Colts offense is much, 
more balanced, and I think they will be able to put up some points in this one. Now, there is a little bit of a worry with the Colts' defense after they gave up a lot of yards and points late to the Jets, but I'm willing to chalk that up to just indifference, having a big lead and playing on a short week. So give me the Colts minus 10.5 in this one. I'm also playing under 47 for this one. And that moves us on to the aforementioned Bills taking on the Jets. The Jets a 12-point underdog at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 47.5. And And the Jets have been effective on offense in the last couple of weeks, getting 400-plus yards of passing in each game against the Bengals and the Colts. However, I'm not sure how sustainable that is going to be against this Bills defense. Yes, the Bills played their worst game of the year last week, losing to the Jaguars. There is no denying that. However, they only gave up nine points uh, on defense there. So the defense still played really well. And I expect to see this defense play well again against the Jets. A lot of speed on this Bills defense, particularly at safety and linebacker with Micah Hyde, Jordan Boyer, and Tremaine Edwins. Obviously, Tredavious White, the shutdown corner on the outside. I don't think that they are going to allow this Jets passing game to get going as they have the last couple of weeks. And I think this Bills offense gets back on track. I think you see Josh Allen have a get-right game against this league-worst Jets defense. Give me the Bills minus 12 in this one. I think they win this game by two-plus touchdowns. That moves us on to the Cleveland Browns taking on the Patriots. The Patriots a two-point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 45. Both these teams come in at 5-4, and and the winner is looking like they're going to be in great shape in this AFC playoff picture. And this is a strength-on-strength matchup. Both these teams are fairly similar with strong defenses, strong offensive lines, mediocre quarterbacks, And now with the news that Nick Chubb is going to be out, you can look at both teams' skill players and say that they're pretty equal as well. The one thing the Browns have that the Patriots don't is a bell cow running back. However, Dearness Johnson was still capable, especially behind that offensive line for the Browns, which I think is the best in the league. The Patriots took advantage against subpar defensive lines in the last couple of weeks, and that's led them to victories. However, that is not the case against the Browns. This Browns defensive line is good, and these teams are pretty even. And as I do anytime teams are even, I love to grab points when I can. Even if it is only two points here, I'm going to grab the Browns plus two. I'm also going to play under 45, both of these teams, as I said, with strong defenses and able to run the ball. So I think this is a low-scoring affair. That moves us on to the Lions taking on the Steelers. The Steelers are seven-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. The over-under is 42-and-a-half. The Lions coming off of a bye. The Steelers on a short week after playing on Monday Night Football. We talked about that Monday Night Football game at length on the last podcast. Cannot believe all the atrocious calls that went the Steelers' way in that game, basically handing the game to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They really should have lost that game outright. It was a gift from the referees. Uh, as for this week, this game will be ugly. This Lions defense is susceptible to deep and intermediate passes, but Ben Roethlisberger is not able to throw deep and intermediate passes. He likes to throw those screens to his wide receivers. He likes to hand off to Najee Harris. I think this game is going to be an absolute rock fight. The Steelers' defense is great in spots, but their corners and interior line are still weak. So I think you see DeAndre Swift actually have a pretty good game for the Lions in this one. TJ Hawkinson, I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to do. You might see Minka Fitzpatrick sticking with him for a lot of the game. That is one spot where the Steelers are fairly good. Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, as I said, they have a couple of bright spots on this defense. But as a whole, they have not been great this year, ranking 20th against the run and 20th against the pass. So the Steelers' defense getting a little bit more credit because they have the stars. But as far as NFL ranks goes, they are not 
very high. I think the Lions cover in this game. They will not win, but I think, as I said last week, the Steelers have no business giving more in the touchdown than anybody. And yes, that includes this atrocious Lions team. Give me the Lions plus seven and a half. And as I said, this is going to be an ugly game. Take the under 42 and a half as well. And that moves us on to a playoff rematch. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Washington football team. The football team, a nine and a half point underdog at home for this one. The over-under is 51. Both teams coming off of a bye. And it is, as I said, a playoff rematch. And Heineke's shining moment came in that playoff game last year. Taylor Heineke playing the game of his life against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, damn near knocking out the eventual Super Bowl champions in that one, having a glorious moment where he was diving out of bounds, stretching that ball over the goal line, has yet to play a game like that since this Washington offense has been awful. However, their defense has stepped up as of late. They started out the year absolutely atrocious, but have played well in the the past couple of weeks. Now, this Washington offense, yes, is bad. They rely heavily on on Terry McLaurin and passes to J.D. McKissick out of the backfield. And those are the weak spots on this Tampa defense. They give up a lot of passing yards to running backs. Yes, they are a great run defense. They do not give up running yards to the running back. But out of the backfield, you are able to move the ball against them, dumping it off to your running backs. And this secondary, I don't think, has anybody that can cover Terry McLaurin in this one. The question is, will Washington score enough in this one to keep up with the Bucks? I think the answer is no. This Buccaneers passing offense is going to get going against this Washington team. However, I think Washington keeps it close enough. I'm going to take Washington with the nine and a half points and take under 51 in this one as well. And that moves us on to the Falcons taking on my beloved Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys also a nine and a half point favorite just as the Bucs were in our last game. The over-under sitting at 54 and a half. And the Falcons have... Played pretty well as far as defending the pass in the past couple of weeks. However, if you look at the passing offenses that they have played, they rank 31st, 29th, 21st, 20th, 28th, 15th, and 14th. They have not played any decent passing teams except for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they got absolutely roasted by. Tom Brady throwing five touchdowns in that game. Dak Prescott was rusty last week, but I think he gets back on track, and I think you see this Cowboys passing attack absolutely light up this porous Falcons defense. The Cowboys running game is going to get going as well. The Falcons do not defend the run well at all. If you look at the cornerbacks for the Falcons, it's pretty much A.J. Terrell, Fabian Moreau, and Kendall Sheffield. None of them is going to be able to contain Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb in this one. Expect the Cowboys to put up a lot of points in this one. Now the question will be, will the Falcons be able to keep up with Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts? I don't think so. If you look at the opponents that the Falcons have played, uh, their last three wins, Miami, the Jets, New Orleans, and then you can go all, all the way back to their Giants win. There is not a single skill player on any of those teams that's anywhere near as good as the four that are on the Cowboys, save for Alvin Kamara, who he actually had a decent game in that one as well. So the Falcons have not played anybody like the Cowboys, except for the week they played the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers absolutely destroyed them. So give me the Cowboys minus nine and a half in this one. I'm also going to play under 54 and a half. I do think this is a high scoring game. However, 54 and a half is a really high total. I don't see it getting quite that high. So give me the Cowboys minus nine and a half and under 54 and a half in this one. And that is going to do it for the one o'clock games. We're going to take a quick break and come back and break down the four o'clock games. 
Welcome back. We move on to the 4 o'clock games, and we start with the Carolina Panthers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals a 10-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under 44-and-a-half. And last week, I swore off fading the Cardinals, and I swore off betting on the Panthers. So right away, right off the bat, give me the Cardinals minus 10. This is P.J. Walker's second start ever. His first start was a win. It was against the Detroit Lions last year, a 20 to nothing win. Uh, he still threw two interceptions in that game, and this is not the Lions. So give me the Cardinals, as I said. 72% of the bets in this game are on the Cardinals, and that's not scaring me off. I swore off the Panthers. I swore off fading the Cardinals. I'm sticking to my guns in this one. Give me the Cardinals. I'll lay the 10 points. I'm also playing over 44.5 in this one. I'm not going to break this game down too much because both of these teams have burned me. Uh, the Panthers betting for them and the Cardinals betting against them. So there is no other way for me to go than on the Cardinals in this one. <laughs> That's going to be it for that. We're going to move on now to the Vikings taking on the Chargers. And this is one of my favorite matchups of the week. The Chargers are three and a half point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 53. And this Vikings secondary had trouble with Cooper Rush and Lamar Jackson in their last two games. Lamar Jackson is a great running quarterback. However, throwing the ball down the field is not his forte. However, Marquise Brown able to have 100 plus yards against this Viking secondary. On the other side, this Chargers run defense couldn't handle Damian Harris, Brandon Bolden, Boston Scott, and Jordan Howard in their last two games. So what is Dalvin Cook going to do in this one? This is a strength versus weakness matchup. We talk about a strength on strength matchup quite a bit on this podcast. This is a strength versus weakness offense. The Vikings run the ball a lot. The Chargers cannot stop the run. The Vikings Pass defense is not great. Their saving grace, however, is that they are able to pressure the quarterback fairly well. And that is a strength-on-strength matchup because this Chargers offensive line has been great this year. If they were willing to give offensive rookie of the year to an offensive lineman, Rayshon Slater would win it hands down. He has been fantastic protecting Justin Herbert's blindside this year. The matchup that I want to look out for in this one is Brashad Breeland, who is going to be matched up with Keenan Allen. And Breeland has been picked on all year. He is not a number one corner, however, with the absence of Patrick Peterson. That is what he is in this Vikings defense. I expect Keenan Allen to have a huge day in this one. That is a scary matchup if you are a Vikings fan. So fire up Keenan Allen in your daily fantasy lineups. Like I said, this pass rush is still good. It'll be interesting to watch that matchup with this Chargers offensive line, which has, as I said, protected Justin Herbert in a great way this year. Both of these teams, however, are really bad against the run. This is the 30th rush defense against the 32nd rush defense, so expect big games from Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler in this one as well. However, I think this is a close game, and as I do in any close game, and especially when you're giving me three and a half, I get that hook. So if the Chargers win by a field goal, as they did last week, you take the Vikings, you still get the win. Give me that three and a half points. I'm going to take the Vikings plus three and a half in this one. I'm also going to play over 53. And that moves us on to the Eagles taking on the Broncos. The Broncos, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 45. And my question for this game is, are the Broncos being overvalued after beating Dallas last week? If you look back at their games before that, they had an ugly win against Washington, and before that, they had four straight losses. So the Broncos dominated time of possession against the Cowboys, and that was really what got them this win. And if you look back to a matchup that kind of bodes well for this one, uh, you saw them contain Lamar Jackson, which they're playing another running quarterback in Jalen Hurts in this one. They did lose that game. However, they also had Von Miller and 
Bradley Chubb back then. So it's really hard to say that that's going to correlate to being able to stop another running quarterback when the two guys who are most responsible for it are one is on injured reserve and one is now playing for the Los Angeles Rams. When you look at who has been able to light up this Eagles defense, it has been those top six passing offenses, we talked about this, they got blown out by the Buccaneers. Well, they didn't get blown out by the Buccaneers. They ended up coming back and making a game of that. But they got beat by the Buccaneers. They got blown out by the Cowboys. They got blown out by the Raiders. They lost to the Chargers. All of those teams are top six passing offenses. Oh, the Chiefs. So all of those teams, top six passing offenses. The Broncos are not that. I expect this Eagles defense to perform well in this one. Give me the Eagles plus two and a half. And I also like the under 45. And that moves us on to our last four o'clock game. It is the Seahawks and the Packers. The Packers, a three and a half point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 48 and a half. And this game marks the return of Russell Wilson, which should give a much needed spark to this Seattle offense. And on the other side of the ball, this Seattle defense was atrocious to start the year. However, they have stepped up in a big way in the absence of Russell Wilson, and they will need to continue that against the Packers. However, this Packers offense looked absolutely abysmal without Aaron Rodgers last week, not able to move the ball at all against a pretty banged up and atrocious Chiefs defense. So in this one, I'm expecting Rodgers to be back, but what is that time off going to do to him? Is there any kind of distraction lingering from his falsifying of his COVID-19 vaccination status? I cannot in good conscience give out the Packers not knowing if Aaron Rodgers is going to play and, and what he's going to play like uh, off of this situation. So give me the Seahawks plus three and a half in this one. I also like under 48 and a half. And that is going to do it for, uh, for the four o'clock games. We're going to take another quick break and come back and break down the primetime games. Welcome back. We move on to the primetime games. and We're going to start with the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are two and a half point underdog at home for this from the over under sitting at 52. Both teams coming off of bad weeks. The Chiefs, as I said, barely beating the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. And most of the Chiefs losses this year, you could blame on turnovers. They did not turn the ball over a single time against the Packers last Sunday. And their only touchdown drive came off of a muff punt. So this Chiefs offense not looking great. And the only reason their defense was able to play well is because they're playing against Jordan Love, who was making his first career start. Now they're facing Derek Carr, who is not making his first career start. I expect him to get this passing game back on track, which clearly missed Henry Ruggs last week. However, now they add Deshaun Jackson, bringing that speed element back to this offense. Yes, Deshaun Jackson is nowhere near what he used to be, but he adds that element that this Raiders offense clearly needs. I cannot take the Chiefs in this one. Everything in my being says to think the Chiefs can refine their form. I'm going to keep fading them until they, until they prove me wrong. I'm fading the Chiefs again. Give me the Raiders. Give me two and a half. They have no business being favored in this one. They are still being overvalued despite performing terribly of what, five, six weeks in a row now. So give me the Raiders plus two and a half in this one. I also like the under. 52. And we're going to wrap things up here talking about Monday Night Football. It is the Rams and the 49ers. The 49ers, a four-point underdog at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 49. And this Rams team just ran into a buzzsaw with that Titans defense. I have no idea where that performance came from. They put on the performance of their lives in that game. I expect this Rams offense to get back on track against a 49ers defense that just got carved up by Colt McCoy. You get carved up by Colt McCoy and I'm supposed to expect you to come in and slow down Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and potentially Odell Beckham Jr. making his debut for this team. I do not like 
those chances. Give me the Rams minus four in this one. I also like over 49 in this game. And that is going to do it for the games. We are going to take one final quick break, and I am going to come back and and uh, bring back a segment that we've done away with in the last couple of podcasts. However, I'm going to come back with the daily fantasy lineup. They weren't doing well when we were giving them out earlier on in the year. However, my lineups have been doing well as of late. And last night, I finished 22nd in a Thursday night one. So really liking my calls on these now. So I'm going to give out a DFS lineup when we come back. So just to quickly recap my picks before we get to the daily fantasy lineup, I am giving out the Titans minus three. I started out wanting to give out the Saints and the Alvin Kamara news came down. So get that bet in while you can. That line is going to move. I gave out the Colts minus ten and a half, the Bills minus twelve, the Browns plus two, the Lions plus seven and a half, Washington plus nine and a half, Dallas minus nine and a half, the Cardinals minus 10, the Vikings plus three and a half, the Eagles plus two and a half, the Seahawks plus three and a half, the Raiders plus two and a half, and the Rams minus four. Welcome back. We're going to wrap up the podcast giving out a daily fantasy lineup that I think is sure to cash. And we're going to start at quarterback with Justin Herbert. As I said, this Minnesota Vikings secondary is banged up. They're leaning on Brashad Breeland as their number one corner. I expect Justin Herbert to put up yards and touchdowns in this one. On the other side of the ball, however, we talked about this Chargers run defense and how atrocious they are. So we're going to take Dalvin Cook for $8,500. Yes, he is expensive, but expect him to have a big day against this Chargers team. I'm also going to take DeAndre Swift at running back for $7,300. We talked about this Pittsburgh run defense, which is overrated because of how many good players they have on their team. However, they do not stop the run very well at all. So give me DeAndre Swift. I also like Terry McLaurin. We talked about this banged-up Tampa Bay secondary. I like McLaurin to get back on track this week against them. I also like Keenan Allen. We are stacking him with our quarterback, Justin Herbert. As I said, Rashad Breeland, the number one corner. I think Keenan Allen is going to have an absolute field day against him. I added Amari Cooper for 7,300. We talked about this Atlanta Falcons pass defense. I think Cooper has a big day as well. We grabbed a little bit of a discount at tight end. We grabbed Gerald Everett with Russell Wilson returning as a quarterback. I think you see an uptick in the Seattle passing game, and Gerald Everett could be the beneficiary there. At flex, we grabbed Emmanuel Sanders. We talked about the fact that we thought the Buffalo Bills get back on track on offense, and Emmanuel Sanders is a discount player and a great offense. So we grabbed him for $6,300 and put him in our flex spot. And finally, we wrapped it up. We had $3,600 left, and the Philadelphia Eagles defense was sitting there for $3,600. We took them. I think this Denver Broncos offense looked great last week against the Cowboys. I think that game was an outlier. I think you see them come back down, back down to earth in this one. So give me the Eagles defense for $3,600. And that is the daily fantasy lineup for this week and that is going to do it for the podcast Uh, normally I'll admit I usually take a lot more time on this I will stop and re-record and hate the way that I said something or I kind of just went with the flow a little bit more this week so if you hated it let me know and I'll go back to the way that I did it before but as of now I'm going to try to keep doing it this way take a little less time recording and a little more time with the family so until next week guys thanks for listening and I will see you next Wednesday